Thank you for listening to On the Road. I'm Kai, and today we have Dr. Wesley Willis, founder of RHIO Wellness, a licensed therapist, and best of all, a registered nurse. Dr. Wesley Willis, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, and you, Kai? I'm doing very well. I'm very excited that we'll be able to talk about um, Black mental health and how's it impacting our community right now during these troubled times. Um, I'm, I'm just ecstatic to have you on this uh, podcast. Thank this you for inviting me. Yes, sir. This is a very important episode. Uh, so let's go ahead and begin. What are the two disorders that plague our community the most? Wow, that is a very, I mean, Anecdotally, um, I would say that anxiety and depression are disproportionately the most diagnosed um, mental illnesses in the African-American community. Yes, yes. Um, So why do you think they are so prevalent? Uh, I think one, uh, when you look at kind of, I guess, across uh, the the whole entire s- spectrum of the United States, uh, <clears throat> and to just take into account the number of people, uh, depression and anxiety is just the most widely spread. And when we talk about diagnoses, you want to look at kind of a number of qualifiers um, and those qualifiers being outlined in the DSM-5. Uh, and so those are just the the most one, probably easiest to make, uh, most broad and overreaching uh, diagnoses. Okay. Um, so do you feel that the reason why we have so much anxiety and um, depression within the black community or the African-American community um, more correctly is due to maybe systemic racism or poor dieting because no eating the um, certain factors of uh, your diet will control your mood. Um, Or would it just be just the overall oppression that we have to battle daily? So, Poverty level affects mental health status. African-Americans living below the poverty level as compared to those over the poverty level, uh, twice the poverty level are twice as likely to report psychological distress, according to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Uh, So a report from the U.S. Surgeon General found that from 1980 to 1995, the suicide rate among African-Americans ages 10 to 14 increased 233% as compared to 120% of non-Hispanic whites. So when you think about kind of the, the, the things that bring a person to feel suicidal, feeling hopeless, feeling helpless, uh, and feeling worthless at such a young age between those between the ages of 10 to 14, those typically don't become things that you easily outgrow. Um, and they kind of follow you uh, to later in life to how you possibly cope with things, how you possibly deal with things. Uh, and so I think that that, I hope that answers your question uh, about kind of like, do I feel that there are a lot of, 
that that is systemic racism. Uh, I think that it's, again, access to care, access to the same quality of life. Uh, and it's, so it's pretty broad. Okay. So what are the signs and symptoms of these disorders? So the signs and symptoms of disorders, I mean, according to the DSM-5, uh, pretty much are, again, loss of interest uh, and things that you used to find enjoyable. So if you used to enjoy going to the gym and found incredible joy uh, in hanging with family or something like that, uh, so the person will typically withdraw from those things or have a loss of interest. Uh, as we'll say, they're also kind of, um, uh, uh, I guess for, I guess to just use a common term, a bottoming of the mood. Uh, so a decrease in kind of emotions uh, is part of the clinical picture of depression. Uh, another part of depression or even anxiety is kind of what we call uh, a level of hypervigilance where the person becomes incredibly uh, aware and or sensitive to to certain things that uh, also show up in how they kind of um, how they kind of become uh, when when confronted with certain situations. Okay, okay. Um, uh, wow, we almost cut <laughs> cut out on that part. But thank you. Um, so I know from my own personal experience, we talk about anxiety, like I have high anxiety myself. Mm-hmm. So for me, like I, I recognized it and I said, okay, let me go to the gym. Let me go to do some gardening. Over that time, I do, uh, you know, I realized that these were um, my mechanisms or my ways to address uh, what's impacting me. Um, it does make me feel really good, but at the same token, I do realize that when I miss the opportunity to be out there to do some gardening or to go to the gym, my mood does change. Mm-hmm. Even when I'm tired and not motivated, I still do it because I know that it has a great impact on me. And, you know, not everything is medication, but um, I'm not going to, you know, totally negate medication as a way of treatment, um, which moves on to the next, uh, next question. Uh, can you name some of the treatment options for anxiety and depression? Okay. Uh, so, I mean, like you said, uh, talk therapy uh, is very useful in uh, helping patients find solutions. I myself am a cognitive behavioral therapist. And the way I like to explain that to my patients and clients is it's just, I mean, in a very layman's term is that we have to consciously spend time thinking about the things that cause us to have distorted thoughts and this and and with those distorted thoughts or with those troubling thoughts as one might say comes again difficult emotions uh so say for instance one of the distorted thoughts is the use of mind reading where an individual uh who 
maladaptively uses that mind reading, uh, makes that, sorry, I had to sneeze, um, takes that mind reading to a different level and they predict or project, as some may say, uh, what they think the other person may feel, be, be feeling or thinking about them. Uh, and from that, you know, they basically conclude something negative. Uh, so basically, if a person is mind reading and thinks, you know, that someone thinks they're a loser, what comes with that would be feelings of hurt or feelings of anger without substantial without substantial evidence to support those feelings and those uh, that mind reading that they've done. So we do, you know, work on kind of like, well, what triggered that? And what is a definitely a more rational uh, way of coping that may be uh, increasing an individual's ability to feel comfortable asking questions um, and also recognizing within their self, hey, you know, this negative thought pattern and negative schema, if you will, is something that's coloring my experience. Okay. Um, well, oh, wow. Okay. Um, so would this be akin to something like magical thinking from what I learned in my little psychology courses and stuff like that? <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, again, we use different names for some of the for the same uh, explanations, but more than likely, yes. Okay. So when you have like this magical thinking or mind reading complex, where did, and they let this, uh, they let it go too far or they do not treat it or acknowledge it. Where, what, what happens? What's the next, like, what's the next thing that may occur? Uh, so, you know, sometimes for some people who don't treat it, there's this thing called resilience. Uh, and some people resiliently move through it for their entire life without it becoming uh, too incredibly pervasive and disabling. Uh, I think one of the important things is just always to remember the person's ability to function uh, in society. Uh, and to be able to to move through different experiences. So in some instances, a resilient individual who uh, who experiences magical thinking and or mind reading uh, will just, you know, be just that. They'll have, you know, this distorted schema or way of living and, uh, and viewing things and be, you know, perfectly uh perfectly well um in I, I guess in for lack of a better word um the other part of that is the you know the ping, pendulum swings the other way right uh mm-hmm. and having a severely and persistently mentally mental illness uh and those sometimes being a uh a bit, maybe a bit more exaggerated in things such as schizophrenia, uh, again, where the person starts experiencing, um, starts experiencing if, you know, there's no neurological, neurological basis to it, uh, where they uh, have auditory hallucinations uh, of what they hear someone saying. Uh, so that's like kind of like that 
other end of um, severe mental illness. Okay, because you know, I'm not sure I'm getting off subject here, but um, my father was a police officer and he said uh, one thing, you know, and I guess this is during the day, a police officer actually took psych courses. He said, any bad day, you could end up with a mental illness and, you know, causing a disturbance. Um, so all of us have that ability or are predisposed um, to fall down the rabbit hole um, of being not, you know, having some type of a psychosis. Um, so it's not, it's not that, you know, like you could be the richest person, you could be the poorest person, you could be the calmest person, you could be the most energized person. At some point, if you have a really, really bad day, um, you could need uh, psychiatric help or a mental health coach mm-hmm. uh, to guide you back to um, a middle point or where you were at, uh, you know, your best, mm-hmm. I guess I'm trying to say. Um, and that that's, all, that's always stuck with me. Even when I've um, taken um, around, like, I guess, eight mental health courses, and they keep saying, oh, you know, you know, black people are pretty just like, okay, well, you got to realize that we are under a lot of pressure. And in this current climate, um, this current um, socioeconomic uh, stati that we are experiencing, mm-hmm. we, oh, we are a hotbed for mental illness because it's just not, it, it's just not, you know, a most conducive way of having us be able to be creative, to be thinkers, to be productive, we are stressed. And at a certain point, people do snap. And unfortunately, within our small population, there is a greater amount. Um, that's just my thought upon it. But I do believe that at a certain point, we we actually do seek mental, um, mental, mental health assistance. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody can be brought back to being their best um, psychiatrically. Um, so let's say, um, well, my next question is, why do Blacks uh, not seek um, mental health assistance? What, what do you think is going on? Why do a great number of Blacks, or most? Well, I think there are a lot of answers for that. I think given... Mm-hmm rightfully so given the history of uh african americans in this country uh are very distrustful of the medical system uh of the health system because you know we have things like the tuskegee experiment uh and we have other situations um like um the young lady in baltimore who was uh who her cells were used uh without her knowledge um, at uh, Johns Hopkins. And so you have all of the this wealth of experiences where this community has suffered uh, at the hands of people who weren't, uh, who weren't honest. Uh, and so they tend to shy away from utilizing the medical system and trusting medical professionals uh, is one. I think that, too, because there are very limited number of uh, 
people of color who are practicing, uh, who are practitioners, licensed practitioners um, in the area of mental health. I think that also historically, uh, we, people of color have used their community uh, like pastors, so the belief of spiritual counselors uh, to do spiritual counseling, to do marriage counseling, um, has been a part of that. Uh, has been a part of why you know African Americans choose to uh, go to those particular type of practitioners as opposed to a licensed psychologist or a licensed clinical social worker or a licensed uh, counselor or a licensed mental health counselor or a licensed marital and family therapist. Um, so, so I think it's so it's just, again, multi-layered. Uh, the reason why uh, African-Americans and people of color have not fully accessed uh, mental health, licensed mental health practitioners. Okay. Well, you know, uh, for me, and I do agree with everything you're saying. So, like, I can tell you that when I was on my spiritual journey and I was trying to find a church home, um, I did my research and I was like, okay, well, I don't really, uh, I, said, I couldn't really find home because I said if I had to tell a pastor about something, mm-hmm. I would want them to have at least some type of um, mental health uh, education. Right. Uh, and so, I was, you know, I looked into the Baptist, looked into the Episcopalian, I mean, Episcopalians, Kojic and all that, uh, Catholic. And I went to the Episcopalian church and because I found out that they actually had to take a litany of uh, mental health courses so they could, you know, provide that assistance. Whereas in some other faiths, um, just being a pastor and getting a certificate is all you really have to do. And I didn't want that because, I, you know, if I really want to speak about something or get something off my chest, I want somebody who, you know, may not be a certified mental health um, professional. Um, they at least have some type of, you know, inkling of what's going on or how to direct me or feel comfortable talking about seeking um, mental health assistance or from a real, you know, from a certified professional mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. try to redirect me saying God will heal all right. And not saying that God can't heal, but sometimes you got to meet God halfway to heal. Right, right. Um, so at this point, I do see that you have, you know, a lot of passion for this field because this is your field. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. I, 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 I really think that mental health and mental illness is, is really the crux of a lot of challenges that we have. Uh, and I truly believe in the idea of lifestyle medicine, uh, that being like, if you're not healthy mentally, how can you truly be healthy physically? Uh, and if you're not healthy physically, how can you truly be healthy mentally? So the two really go hand in hand. Uh, and albeit, I know that you are, you know, a budding medical professional we can appreciate the fact that these two have really been siloed, like the idea of, you know, a person saying, you know, I see a primary, I see my primary care doctor versus, you know, seeing, saying that I see my psychologist or my psychiatrist, um, you know, that, that 
these two individuals really need to be, uh, or these two practitioners really need to be easily accessible. Uh, and also the individuals should be so equally comfortable with talking uh, with either about what's going on in their life and what they're experiencing. Exactly, exactly. So what is your goal as a mental health professional? Wow, that's a big question. So uh, so my goal as a mental health professional, as a, as a practitioner, uh, is to affect and educate just as many people uh, as I can. And I've chose to do that through so many mediums. Uh, I practice my, so my practice is in several states. Uh, I also do a uh, weekly um, live stream and podcasting similar to you, but mine is more kind of like on the video side of things uh, where I talk about just, the everyday things that are going on that people are experiencing to also just educating about, you know, the spectrums uh, of mental illness uh, and what people can do for their own wellness. So that, that's basically my biggest uh, goal is to affect change and educate as many individuals across the world uh, that I can about mental their mental health and how the experiences that we are having as individuals, you know, kind of um, kind of create what our mental uh, state will look like. Okay, um, so you have mentioned your pod, uh, your podcast, and your streaming yes. uh, venture. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and just give the uh my podcast listeners uh the name Nurse Doc. Um, so the tell nurse us more. Doc all. I'm sorry, <laughs> that's the important. Uh, nurse <laughs> because doc. I mean, I'm sorry. again, you know, the so it's the nurse doc. Uh, it could be three words or all one word if you're searching on YouTube. Uh, but yes, so it's the nurse doc, yes, sir, yes, and tell us how you started this or tell us how you started and why you started um, this uh, this way of communication to the world. Yes. So three years ago, I set out on a journey. Uh, I'm a telehealth um, practitioner, so I see patients virtually. Uh, and I mm -hmm. spent all of this money in equipment, microphones, uh, video cameras, computers that were incredibly like powerful uh, to make sure that I could give my patients an experience uh, since they weren't coming into the office. That wasn't part of what I, what I recognized I wanted to do. Uh, and so I kind of like said, wow, you, you spent thousands of dollars on cameras, lights, uh, mixers, computers. Why don't you take this to a, a bigger audience as well? Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I took that time to kind of get over my anxiety of being easily <laughs> searchable and seen on camera and comfortability. Uh, and I took it to kind of like that, uh, to, to, to the front. So basically, you know, I've been really incredibly grateful to grow, uh, my channel in those three years to over 6,000 subscribers and, uh, monetize. So I've been uh, re being paid for the content that I create. Uh, and yeah, 
that's how I came to 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 do this, use this platform. Well, uh, I have a friend named Aries and you who actually got me started doing this because I see that you, I mean, like y'all became more comfortable and more uh, confident of using live stream and podcasts to communicate to the world and help people and to give people information. That's what I wanted to do. So thank you for being my inspiration. Oh, wow. Thank you for letting uh, me know that. Oh yeah. I mean, it, I, I, I always, look, I look to my brothers and I'm very happy that you have done this for the community and that you are doing this for your patients and that you are bringing to light um, something that's not talked about, something that's shunned at points and you bringing that to light and you making it a beautiful experience. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Well, my listeners, we have come to the end of our show. Uh, this is On the Road. I'm Kai, and thank you, Dr. Wesley, for um, bringing the light today. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye.